We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. going on everybody welcome to striking gold your 49ers podcast on the blue wire network my name is rob louder i cover the 49ers for blue wire and joining me tonight is my slightly 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 less special guest because this is the third time he's been on the show and hint hint might become a little bit more permanent uh the the man in charge over at niners nation kp kyle posey what's up bro Rob, what up, man? How are you? How was your weekend? Dude, I'm I'm good, man. You know what I just started today? I feel like this is necessary to explain this because it's the, it's the coolest gig I have as a teacher. Today, I started independent study art summer school. And wow. I got like, it's, it's as cool as it sounds. So what I do is on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, I go into a school. Um, I sit there from eight to five with a PE teacher at the school that I teach at. Um, and we, we teach middle school, but the, the summer school is for high school. So we see different kids and all we do is sit there from eight to five and try and figure out which movies we're going to watch. And (laughs) kids will come in, they'll turn in their artwork and then they'll walk, they'll sign in and then they'll walk back out the door to go work on more artwork. And that I am getting paid to do this. What a life. I know, man, it's it's freaking difficult, man. It's really hard. So, I mean, it's just the sweetest gig, dude. Me and the guy I do it with, we get along. Um, he's the baseball coach. I also, I also coach baseball. So we just do, we watch sports like today we watched Moneyball and we watched, um, what was the second one we watched? Oh, we watched, uh, the Patriot with Mel Gibson. So we just, we do our things. So that's, that's my new development. I started summer school. I'll do that for Tuesdays and Wednesdays for the next six weeks. So it's a sweet gig, man. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I feel lucky to, uh, to have it. But what about you, man? What's, what's new in, in KP's life? Uh, we won a passing league champ. We are passing league champions. Um, no shit. My high school. Yeah. We, uh, out of 16 teams, we were like, uh, like an eight or nine seed and we won it all. It was pretty cool this weekend, uh, even though had to, had to bake in the sun for seven hours in the hundred and three degree weather, but no, it was fun, man. It's cool to, uh, 
actually get out there and do some things. Uh, today I watched uh, today I watched the Broncos and Cowboys from 2013, Week Five. I don't remember that game. Peyton, Why? Manning, Peyton Manning versus Romo. No reason. Uh, I, no, I think I saw somebody just talk about it. I was like, oh, this uh, was a good game, and I just wanted to see what the offenses were like. So that's all. I mean, that's cool. I, I went back and. Not too long ago, maybe a week ago, I watched Colin Kaepernick's first playoff game against the Packers at Good Candlestick. Lord. His uh, where he threw for like 180 yards and ran for like 180 yards. Yeah, it was awesome. It was. Uh, I remember when ESPN posted the stat line, and I took a picture of the TV and I just posted it on Facebook, kind of dating myself a little bit. But I guess everybody knows when that game was. But and all I wrote was football porn. <laughs> it but really it was. was. Just, it was just such a cool game to watch, man. Like, the uh, the next gen stats for some of Cap's runs would have been great to see, just because his acceleration was unreal. I know he ran a four or five, but there's no way he played at a four or five. Well, and it's not even that. Like, like I think that there'd probably be quite a few players in the league at skill positions that would beat Kaepernick in maybe like like forty to seventy five yards. 40 to 60 yards, but then Kaepernick would probably beat them if you went anything like closer to a hundred, you know, yeah. cause the, once that dude picks up speed, he had such long strides, which worked to his advantage because, and it's the same thing with Raheem. Uh, when you're, you know, when you're trying to pursue somebody like that, like it has so much to do with eyesight and quickly gauging how fast that person's moving. And when they have long strides, they look like they're moving slow. So that's how you get all these bad angles. And man, yeah, Kaepernick just destroyed them, dude. It was so cool to watch. Is Raheem the fastest player in the NFL? I oh, think man. he I is. Think, I think so. I want to know what you say. I think so. I think that if he, you know, if it were like a flash thing, like maybe he just, you know, dug that clean in perfectly and, and, and just happened to skate right by somebody for the fastest speed. But he's been the fastest player with the ball the last two years. Yeah. And it wasn't close. You know, by I like think there was that. Mile, by like right. one mile per hour, which is nuts. It doesn't seem like a lot, but that is crazy. That's pretty much two steps faster when the ball is in his hands. Right. He's pushing the speed limit in his school zone. <laughs> Seriously. On foot. <laughs> like, so, yeah, I think I think Raheem is, is – he's either the fastest player in the NFL or probably top three. And obviously there's so much that goes into that when you think about it, just a straight-up sprint. But – um, it, it, I mean, that's, it's not just like numbers, like their GPS numbers are like what the NFL is slowly turning to. I guarantee you half the teams in the NFL already don't give a shit about 40 times and they just want the GPS data from the players last season in college, which is what the 49ers did with Ayuk, And that's why when people say, Oh, he ran a four or five. Well, no, uh, Herm Edwards said he had like 22 miles an hour on the GPS. So that's pretty much like a four or three. Right, and, and it's, it, it matters so much more because you're getting that GPS data of them in pads, um, you know, on the field against competition. What a lot of people I don't think realize is, and I used to play receiver, and I used to notice this, and I couldn't understand it. Like my, and I was not fast by any means. Very, very, very mediocre when it came to speed. Obviously, that was that forty time, Rob. But, Oh, I never ran one, but I'm assuming it was probably like high fours. But the last time I was trying to sprint was in high school, you know, so like I didn't play college ball. So um, but I used to always feel like once I saw the ball in the air, I could run faster. Oh, yeah. Like it was like legit. Like I now had something tangible in the air that I had to get to like period. That was it. And and even my little brother, when we used to go run routes, me and my brother had an apartment together. 
Um, and we lived on an abandoned golf course, but they still mowed the lawn, obviously, because it was like a fire hazard. So we would go out onto the fairways and, and run routes. And he used to always say, he's like, dude, when I throw the ball and it's in the air, you could noticeably see that you're running faster. And, and I'm like, I was already trying to run as fast as I could. <laughs> Why would I run any faster? And um, so it's, it's stuff like that. The teams are like, you know, like 40 times are great. They give you a little snapshot of how athletic and, and quick somebody is. But it only matters with the, how it translates on the field. Yeah, like, like you know. Devin Hester is a good example. I know he ran fast, but he had that what I call next man speed where he's just going to run as fast as the next person or the person next to him, and you're not going to catch him, and he's always going to beat you by, you know, a couple steps or one or two steps. So, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, you just – you see it in front of you, it, you know, and you know how fast you have to move to accomplish what you're doing, and it's just weird how it works. Like, you, your body has a way – and I guess it kind of plays in if you want to get really philosophical about it. How you always hear those stories about humans who are able to accomplish, like, really crazy things when like their life's on the line or their life of somebody else is on the line. So it's kind of like that. Like you have that gear in your body that's able, that's capable of like giving you a little bit more like, okay, here's a little bit more adrenaline, go a little faster. And uh, it's just crazy when you think about it like that, but I'm, I'm going way too off, off to <laughs> tangent here. But so uh, to, to completely switch gears to something that's far less entertaining and uplifting to talk about rather than Raheem running fast. Uh, the 49ers have officially returned to whatever you want to call it, man. Injuryville, injury hell, injury purgatory. I'm not saying that it's going to end up being a 2020, but at this pace, they're <laughs> they're headed there. Uh, I mean, the 49ers are still in OTAs. They haven't even started, uh, you know, any. They haven't even started training camp yet. What's and there's something? Isn't there something mini camp? You know, in between OTAs and training camp. Yeah, I've got a mandatory mini camp starts next right. Tuesday. I think it's 15, 16, 17. So they haven't even gotten to that yet, and they've already had two season-ending injuries. I'm sure most of you guys listening have already heard this. Um, safety, Tarverius Moore tore his Achilles. And, I mean, that's like a, a nine-month injury easily. It's actually gotten to a point where an Achilles is, you know, ACLs are what used to be considered big. So did Achilles. Um, season enders, but like now it seems like players can recover from an ACL faster than they can in Achilles. So I'm assuming that's the end of his season. And then you have backup swing tackle just in school, um, tore his ACL. Both of them happened on Monday. Um, we are recording this on Tuesday. So, or so it was yesterday. Um, yeah. I mean, what are your thoughts, man? Brutal. Brutal is the only word that describes like, think about it. So, we were just talking about Jeff Wilson, and they're freaking leading rusher. He's going to miss the first two months of the season, probably at least six. At weeks. least, yeah, yeah, at least. Um, and then, so they, but they drafted two running backs, so people are like, oh, that's fine. Justin School, <laughs> swing tackle. Uh, they drafted two linemen. Oh, that's fine. And Tarverius Moore, since they drafted uh, DB. Oh, that's fine. Like the depth just keeps getting hammered at, and it's not okay. It's not. A, it's not okay to just brush aside. It sucks for more. Because I was really looking forward to him playing. I was really looking forward to him just developing into a quality depth type of safety that I imagined D'Amico Ryans was going to use a lot more just as far as, you know, their sub packages. And he's he's so fast. When we, when we talk about we're talking about speed, he ran a four three three. I don't people understand think people understand how fast that is. And he actually is one of the few players who plays that fast. 
And sure, he has, you know, a few plays here and there where he'll miss the tackle. But I think the defense was at their best when they had the three safeties on the field and more was one. So well, it sucks that he got robbed of a, a development, a developmental year, especially in a contract year. That's the big, the big blow. You just hope just hopefully he's able to bounce back. And um, as far as school goes, I, I didn't think he would make the roster, but I also think that, you know, with the, the other guys on the roster, just competition matters. So this is one less guy to compete against uh, to bring somebody or to, for somebody to quote unquote rise to the occasion. So yeah, um, I'm sure they'll be fine without those two, but to undermine these injuries, it's when, when will it end is the real question. Yeah, that's the good question. I mean, if you go back and look at, you know, the 49ers injuries in 2020, one of the worst injury seasons the NFL has ever seen. One of, I think it was the worst. And I think you wrote about this. Uh, like what it was like the worst injury season in like 20 years absolute worst the 49ers had like over 80 million dollars of their 180 million dollars in salary cap on injured reserve you had Jimmy Garoppolo Richard Sherman Solomon Thomas Nick Bosa D Ford George Kittle Raheem Moster Ben Garland Martin Zacha Ezekiel Ansa Jordan Reed Jalen Hurd Jeff Wilson <laughs> like it, it was it was just this unbelievable injury rash of injuries and and it, it literally is i'm not saying that that's what this season's going to become but it, it's like right on that pace you lost you lost jeff wilson jr somebody who really seemed like he was in line to almost split touches with raheem and then we'll see what whose job trey sermon was able to take and now that guy's been completely wiped out for depending on how things go what could be the entire season if they just don't feel like they need to bring him back you know, like if if Trey Sermon and Raheem Mostert are just eating, then they're not going to feel like they need to bring Jeff Wilson back. So he tore his meniscus. We'll see. Could be a couple months. Could be, you know, late November, December, or could be not this season. And now they've lost, you know, Tarverius Moore and Justin School. So it's it's like to, as far as like if you were to, you know, you, how they do everybody always does those goofy and I do them too. The goofy like on pace for tweets. Right. You know, like if you made one for the 49ers right now, it would probably be they would they would be on track to not have anybody in the roster by November. So um, it's just brutal, man. And any it's it's to a point where and, and one of the first things you always see on social media is like, oh, man, fire the trainers like the trainers can't control that. Yeah. Like they can't. These are non-contact injuries. Right, they they can't keep that that stuff. There's nothing you can do. It's the same thing. It's like it's not the way the drills are being ran. The players aren't doing anything that they haven't done for years and years and years on this field, and this is just their time. You know, like that's what I don't. What I do think a lot of people don't realize is you got to understand what hap- what happens to your body even when you just work out when you lift weights. You know, like when you lift weights, the idea is to very minor, you know, tear your muscles continually, very in very minor ways so that your muscle rebuilds itself in a stronger way this time. And that's how you get stronger. That That is literally, you know, you're literally damaging your muscles so that it will repair itself to be able to handle what damaged it last time. And so these players' bodies are just constantly to the, to the limit. Like they're constantly in a state of repair. And they're constantly pushing themselves to the absolute max that their body can handle it. And so to me, it's never really that surprising when something just goes pop. Like like Jeff Wilson Jr., he just stood up on a chair and his meniscus was like, I'm out. 
you know, it's, it's like their bodies are just constantly in a state of shock repair and, you know, being pushed to its absolute limits. So, you know, and nobody's doing anything wrong. Right. It's it just, it is what it is. So it, yeah, back to the football outsiders thing. they had the second most injuries since 20, 2001. Um, they finished bottom eight in adjusted games lost for eight straight seasons. And I'm pretty sure they've been bottom three or bottom five every year under Kyle Shanahan. It is just tough to, to tough to do that. It, it would, I don't know if you could write this story. Just think about it. So Jeff Wilson got hurt standing up. We don't know about the injuries today, but we've just heard so many stories where Jalen Hurd was just working out by himself and he gets hurt. So these seem to happen time and time again. I, I know Debo Samuel had one um, last offseason where he was working out in Tennessee, so not even at the facility. So you can't blame the training staff uh, for somebody who gets hurt away from the, the team facilities. Yeah, it's nuts. And I, I don't know, man. I don't know what is next. I don't know what they can do. I don't know what would be a change, but you can't pin it on the training staff because they are not the ones <laughs> who are lifting the weights and doing these things. Sure. They're helping them rehab, but you mentioned just what working out and what working out does to your body. I don't think people understand these guys aren't working out. They're not going to the gym. Like we're going to the gym. <laughs> They're not doing these 45 hour and a half workouts and just going back to their couch. They work out multiple times a day because this is their job. This is their what they do for a living. And that has to take a toll on your body. Right. Yeah, it's just – it's brutal. It's So, I mean, I feel for him. Uh, like you said, Tarverius Moore, I was – and it would not have surprised me one bit if the 49ers had a pretty significant role for him planned this year. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if, if more dime looks. And I think you mentioned this. It, it just – Tarverius Moore is such a – you just want to get your athletes on the field. Yes. Like, let them get on the field and make plays, twist your defense, you know, do what you got to do to get your best athletes on the field, and they're going to make plays for you, and they're going to do what they got to do. And Tarverius Moore is one of the best athletes on the team. So and, – and, then you know, they had already, had already talked about him bulking up because he was kind of preparing to, to one – you know, he wanted obviously wanted to be able to carry his speed and still play deep. But obviously the team had plans for him to to play more, possibly more near the line of scrimmage. And it just seemed like the team had a, had a little vision for him on what they might do with him. And that to me is why they immediately signed uh, Tony Jefferson, formerly of the Baltimore Ravens and the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, and he is kind of a safety whose game kind of – mimics what I assumed the 49ers were going to try and do with Tarbarius Moore this year. Um, just a guy who can, who can really go anywhere. If you're going to tell him to drop into, into coverage, you're not going to feel like he's out of place. And if you're going to tell him to play near the line of scrimmage, you feel like he's going to be able to handle himself and, and not a liability either way. And so it just, it just sucks that, that Tarbarius Moore didn't get to realize that, you know, he made it, he made a play in the biggest game of the, of his career in the Super Bowl. Uh, in the right place at the right right time, a deflected pass went right into his arms. So, you know, he's just he was going to be a part of what they were going to do this year. I, I don't think that he was just going to be relegated to to backing up either Jimmy Ward or uh, Jaquiski Tart all year. I think they were going to try and get him in there, and obviously we won't get to see that because the torn Achilles is going to take him all the way through this season. So, I mean, it, it sucks. It sucks for sure. But in comes Tony Jefferson, and I don't know, KP. Do you know more about? Tony Jefferson than I do. What do you expect him? Do you expect him to play? 
So he was really good when he played for the Ravens, and he was really good when he played with the Cardinals too. I'm I pretty sure he made the Pro Bowl. Um, but before he was hurt in those five games, he was targeted seven times. He broke up four passes. He is a very good player underneath, and I imagine they would let just Tart play deep and use Ward and Jefferson, and obviously they'd spin deep every now and then, but use Ward in the slot and Jefferson around the line of scrimmage and just let those guys just do work underneath because both those guys are more the tougher, and I'm not saying that's not Tart, but um, those guys can rush the passer, get after it, and tackle, and not miss tackles, with, which I think is a big deal as well. So he's not anywhere near the athlete that um, – Tarverius Moore is, and he hasn't played since 2019, so who knows what he has left. But Jefferson is 29 years old. He's a veteran. He knows what he's doing. Smart, um, heady football player that always just finds the ball, finds ways to make plays. So I imagine the 49ers will have a great role for him. And, yeah, as you mentioned, I can see their roles being similar as well. So um, it'll be a different dime look, so maybe not as speedy as it would have looked under Moore. But Jefferson is just a really good football player. And when the 49ers were at their best in 2019, they had 11 good football players on defense. I don't think people understand how good they were. So Jefferson just is getting back to that. Yeah. Yeah, It'll be interesting to see what they do with him. He's a veteran. And he did did tear his ACL in 2019. And then he uh, wasn't retained by the Ravens. And so basically he took all of 2020 off. And then, which is probably the, the best thing he could have done at that point. Right. Because now he's getting a, another chance with obviously a, a good 49ers team that, that is going to be able to use him. And, you know, as sad as it is to say, knock on wood, um, there's a good chance that Tony Jefferson plays more than we think he will. Uh, just given how this team, how the last <laughs> couple of years has gone for this team, you know, I, I'm not even going to say it, but, you know, maybe Tony Jefferson ends up playing more than we think he will just based on, uh, know football and things happen so based on the history of the 49ers under kyle shanahan <laughs> right i'm not even gonna say it i just don't want to add any more uh bad juju to this team i just feel horrible for them and it's just it's brutal man like you just think like the 49ers were able to have like arguably you know not arguably like statistically pretty close to like a top five defense last year Missing huge pieces, and it, it just sucks. I feel bad for the entire team. I feel bad for Kyle Shanahan because the guy's just – everybody knows he's the shit, but he's just been dealt one of the most difficult hands uh, in ways that he can't control. You know, there's he's made his own mistakes and, and made some questionable decisions in hindsight. We can go into that whenever. Um, but it's just – he's just been dealt such a shitty hand, and you're just hoping – and we saw it the moment things even remotely went the 49ers way. It's like, oh, we're in the Super Bowl. Like, all we needed was just a little bit of luck. And, right. And, and it even then, they had a bunch of injuries still. So Right. And it wasn't even close. They, got, they made getting to the Super Bowl look easy. They had some games during the season that were close. But the moment they got into the race, like, they just fucked everybody up. And then they're in the Super Bowl. You know, and and they were even obviously the game got away from them, but they were even playing around with the Chiefs for a little while. So it was you could you could see that this team is capable of so much more than they've gotten to show. And you're just hoping that this year they get a little bit of luck. But so far, looks like it might (laughs) it might suck. We'll see. Hopefully it goes away. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Like, how frustrating is it if you're Kyle Shanahan, knowing the talent on the roster, but that this is just ongoing, it feels like. This is never ending. So they went 6-10 and 10 last year because everybody was hurt. And the same thing happened in 2018. And I'm, sure, I'm not sure that they would have been as good in 2018 because the roster did get a, a bit better and just more athletic in, from 18 to 19. But the building blocks, and, you know, Jimmy would have had another year under his belt. And obviously when, they did, when he did stay healthy in 2019, they just beat up everybody, and especially in the playoffs. And you mentioned the Chiefs. Like, they were up 20 to 10. Like, they had a good amount of control over that game despite uh, him – you know, throwing an interception in the first quarter when on second down when they were potentially driving. So it's not as if they've had chances. It's just, oh, man, I, I wonder what – somebody has a doll somewhere and they're just poking <laughs> it. <laughs> just hate Kyle Shannon. Kyle Shannon did something terrible along the way because nobody deserves this, man. This is wild. Yeah, it was uh, – have you seen the Conjuring movies? Yeah, yeah. Did you see the new one that just came out? I have and I want to watch it. Though. Okay. On HBO, right? Yeah, I watched it and – you know, one to 10, in, how would you rate it? Um, maybe, you know, I actually really enjoyed it. I'd probably give it a solid like seven or an eight. Nice. I'll watch it tonight. It, it, it was definitely, I'm a huge scary movie guy. Anybody who listens to Strike and Gold knows that because I have that whole Michael Myers mask thing going on. But um, in that movie, it, it kind of switched, you know, the first two conjurings, if you haven't seen them, just had to do with, with people getting possessed by a demon or haunted by a demon. Whereas, this one, it was, um, it had a little bit more to do with still kind of the demon stuff, but uh, people, somebody was being cursed. It's not like a spoiler. It's kind of like establishes it relatively early on the movie, and it's like it's like a demon being forced on somebody, like like it being. And I feel like that's the 49ers. Like you gotta, they need to get into Levi Stadium. They need to get into their their practice facility, and they need to start turning that place upside down because somewhere in there, there's some type of voodoo doll curse little relic thing chilling in there just bringing that whole place to the ground and they just have to find it and destroy it so i'm just saying the movie taught me that i now know that that could really be the reality for the 49ers and um, they need to find that because it's brutal and it's it's honestly to a point where you're like yeah that has to be the solution that has to be the reason because this is not normal like it's just not but one thing i was going to say before we move on um do you think uh, how am I saying this? Do you think that that these injuries and the amount of injuries they've had it has like crept into the players' heads at all, or has the ability to? Like, yeah. do you think that some of those players are stepping out onto the practice field, playing football and practicing a little differently because they just have been they've just watched everybody fall apart the last year and a half? 
I think yes, but maybe not in the way that you mean. So once you put the helmet on, you strap up, I think just everything goes out of your mind. You're just, I'm going to hit the person in front of me or I'm going to do my job that I, whatever I'm asked to do. So in that sense, not so much, but if you look around and Hey, where's 33? Hey, where's 67? Like, where are these guys at that I'm used to playing next to? I think that will and does take a toll. So in that sense, yes, but not so much as, will I get hurt if I'm out here? Because I, I just think that all goes away once you hit somebody in the head time and time again. Right. And we know we both know that males especially are perfectly willing to do things they enjoy at great risk of being injured. Like, that's the reason that males just generally live live shorter lives because on average, because they're just, hey, man, sounds fun. You could get hurt. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like, like it's just a, a guy thing to do. So it, 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 there's that too. But it's just, man, like it, it seems like it would be hard, especially after last season, just to see guys continue to drop like that. It's not like they're spraining their ankle or spraining their wrist or just tweaking a muscle. Or, you know, it's like these are season-ending injuries and potentially career-altering. So it, it's got, you know, you got to think it's at least in the back of their mind. But I do agree with you in the fact that, you know, Raheem Mostert, he puts on his helmet, and once it's his play and the ball's handed to him, he's not thinking about. Don't cut on this right. Don't right. cut like this because, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it, but I was just wondering, like, man, if – I wonder how much at any point, because a lot of these guys, they have families. They think, you know, an injury impairs their ability to take care of their family, too. So it's like, oh, yeah, if you're, if you're a coach, how do you how do you address the team? Hey, guys. Yep. Happened again. I know you all saw it. Like, do you just keep saying, hey, we're going to be all right. We're going to get through this. Maybe that's maybe more interesting to see what Shanahan with the Ryans, what McDaniel are telling the players. I know, man, because you don't want them doing anything unnatural. Right. Anything that feels weird, because then they're going to get hurt, period. Like, it'll be a certainty if you start doing things that your body's not used to. But I guess one of the first things you can do, leading us into our next little topic, is uh, cancel OTA <laughs> for the day and hold team building activities. I don't know what that is. Right in the middle of uh, right now, I'm going to YouTube go on YouTube, and I'm just going to search team building. There it is. First search. It's already predicting what I'm trying to type. Activities. Team building activities for meetings. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure everybody listening or most people listening have done their share of corny team building activities where like, I don't know, everybody has to lean forward on each other. And if one person doesn't do it right, everybody falls over, you know, stuff like that. But yeah, the 49ers after losing two players to season ending injuries, they just straight up canceled OTAs and, uh, and we're like, we're going to do team building stuff. I have no idea what that means. Maybe they brought a slushy truck out there and everybody just had to just drink, just ate ice cream and slushies and had a good time and just to lighten the mood. What could they have done? Because these are professional athletes, 20s to 30s. And yeah, I don't know. These these are grown men and you, you do team building activities. I don't think that they you know went and watched a Giants game or went and bowled together just to, hey, good job. Like, what could they have done? I would Maybe that's what we should ask or people should ask Shanahan during his media availability on Wednesday. Hey, what are these team building activities you did? Right. Right. It's, uh, it's like we said, it's, it's just a, it's just a situation where you can't help, but just feel incredibly helpless. Like you're doing something wrong, but 
he's not, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know how you adjust. I don't know what you do. I'm assuming his answer would be, we just keep doing our things like we, we know and we're used to, and we just hope it gets better. Because like we said, you can't like just not, you can't just not play football. You, you have yeah. to, you have to do it. It's, I don't know what you do. I it's really a, don't. A dangerous sport and people are going to get hurt and every team suffers from injuries, but obviously not to this severity, but they did cancel practice and luckily Mike McDaniel didn't have to have his first media availability where he's just bombarded with questions because <laughs> welcome to the NFL for, Mike, right. for you. So yeah, yeah. Kyle's going to speak on Wednesday and I I wonder how, how much of a fault he'll take. Like how obviously he's going to feel awful about it, but how much will the media push back on him and say, Hey, you need to change it up because while we talk about, Hey, just fire the training staff. Well, they did that. And that hasn't worked. So, and again, as you, as you mentioned too, you have to practice, you have to play football. There's going to be contact, no matter, even in a walkthrough, there's contact. And I just, there's no one singular right answer for this, which makes this topic just impossible to solve. It is. It's just, it's just like, it really just comes down to shit happens. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like that's all it is. Like, it's like, you can try and bend your way around it, but with the amount of sports science that goes into the game nowadays, like I could promise you that a team that puts this much money, I could promise you just based off me being at training camp and seeing the food that they eat, like, they put a lot of money into these players yes. like, and keeping them healthy. And obviously it doesn't show up on the salary cap. You don't see it. It's, it's a team expense, but they put a lot of money into these players. And I, I mentioned the, the cafeteria because we, you know, the media gets to go in there and eat after training camp oh, and the food is it. phenomenal. It. Like it's phenomenal. It's so good from start to finish. And this huge ass buffet of nothing, but like, like we're talking about a buffet, like that you would pay, 50 to 60 bucks just to be a part of like, it's, it's really good. And, you know, you can just see from, you know, from that, just kind of all the investments that go into the players to making sure they have what they need to stay healthy. And at some point there's just nothing you can do because you're playing an incredibly physical game. And I used to always think about that. Like, just think about the concept of like running a route, like your body's not designed to sprint full speed forward and then cut to the right. And, and like an without slowing down, by the way, right, right. Full speed. Yeah. <laughs> Don't slow down. Just plant your foot as hard as you can and then run that way. Like your body's not designed to do that. that. Right. Uh, That's not part of the deal. But um, so, yeah, there's there's just nothing that can be that can be done. But all right, let's move on real um, quick before we do move on. Yeah. Well, um, what do you got? At the at these training camps where the, you know, the buffets are huge. It so good. boggles my mind to see, because I think I eat a lot, to see these guys eat because there are plates and plates and food <laughs> is all over. I saw D Ford seriously eat like three giant plates and I couldn't fa- I couldn't process what was going on. So uh, I just want to throw that out there that uh, because, you know, we always talk, we just mentioned how, you know, our workouts aren't the same. Uh, they eat a ton. Everything is different from our lives to them. And obviously financially as well, but I just <laughs> yeah, it's they literally. I mean, you, we remember hearing about how much like Michael Phelps eats in a day. I remember that was a big thing for a yeah. while, and it's the same thing. Like they're these their bodies are literally running at such a high pace constantly in a constant state of rebuild and adjustment and stuff. They literally almost cannot eat enough. Same. Like 
they they can't eat enough. Like they have to eat. Most professional athletes eat like three or eat like four or five times a day, and we're and we're talking like full meals. So uh, it's just a different different ball game, man. It's just a different thing. That's why when you like you watch like Formula One races and their cars will just like blow up, and you're like, man, these guys have hundreds of millions of dollars going into these cars. How do they have these problems? It's because everything is just pushed to the absolute limit. Period. Driving driving 200 miles an hour. (laughs) Right. And it's like, of course, you're going to have an engine blow up from time to time. You're pushing it to the absolute limit. And that's what these guys are doing with their body. So hopefully, you know, it it should, you should have a respect for it. Like, obviously, it sucks to hear a player get injured, but at least you could kind of know and put some context behind it on why it happens. It's not always because of negligence. It's just unavoidable. It, it, It just sucks. That's about it. But since we were last on here, moving on, I suppose, since we were last on here, um, the Julio Drones trade finally happened. So RIP to to the Atlanta Falcons, Julio Jones, that we've come to know and love over the years. Obviously, he's going to do the same damn thing in Tennessee. But, uh, you know, when you think of Julio Jones, you just always think of, you know, Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and the Falcons. And, you know, their fan base is probably hurting a little bit because just one of the – like a Hall of Fame receiver, man. Like one of the best to – to ever do it. And he got traded to the not 49ers to the Tennessee Titans for kind of what a lot of people expected, you know, like as far as compensation goes, the, the Tennessee Titans gave up a second round pick in the next draft and then a fourth round draft pick in the following draft. I think that's 2023 and uh, got a sixth rounder in return. So right around what I figured it would go for, uh, obviously Julio Jones is going from a good, from a decent place to a good place. As far as offenses go, the Falcons obviously didn't typically have too many problems there. Um, what do you think, man? What are your thoughts in relation to the 49ers and did they miss out? Does it kind of just, it is what it is. What do you think? I mean, they have a lot of investments at just their pass catcher positions. It's all count Kittle. Um, I understand why they didn't. And money matters, so you know they they would have to they would have had to gotten a bit creative, and it wouldn't have taken for them to you know restructure a ton of people, but they would have had to move some money around. And it just comes back to they they just need Ayuk and Debo to stay healthy and be on the field, and that's what they're counting on, I imagine. But my takeaway is really just how dumb does the national media think we are? Because this happens all the time, and they were talking about Julio's going to go for a first and he gets a second from the Titans who are probably going to make the playoffs or be picking in, you know, the late, the last half of uh, the latter half of the first round. And it's, so it's going to be a late second round pick, but we do this for all these players. Carson Wentz was supposed to go for multiple first round picks, went for a second rounder time and time again. And then, and then the media will be like, well, I talk to the teams. I do this. I do that. Uh, No, but my other, take from this is did you see that he's switching his number he's rocking number two now dude i i don't know why and i'm usually not a huge number guy i like i respect it i like you know i understand it but like so for some reason when he announced that he was going to be number two and i saw the jersey i was like that just like fits like yeah. it looked good it's in the you know the titans have that kind of cool number font it doesn't look bad uh it just looked good and i was like damn that that's people, like 1200 yards confirmed at least just count all pro automatic um so yeah he that two doesn't really look like a two and i am in the camp that two is one of the most dangerous numbers so as soon as jason Rett switched to number two 
instantly all pro. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> and as you said with Julio Jones, but uh, it looks a little different. It looks a little weird. They're going to be tough, man. The 49ers have to play them at the end of the year. Um, and that is going to come on a short days, uh, four days, I believe. So Thursday night. And that yeah, will, it's, their, it's their Thursday night football game, right? Against the Titans. Yeah, that will yeah. not be fun for the defense to go against Julio, A.J. Brown, and Derrick Henry, like the three most physically imposing people probably at their position. Um, man, I I think it's better for the 49ers just in the sense that they didn't have to worry about facing him twice a year. Now they're facing him once every four years or if they meet in the Super Bowl. So, yeah, Julio um, – Great player. We were just talking about receivers cutting at full speed. He's like one of the few that probably you can count on one hand that can run full speed and cut off one leg. Like he's a unicorn, man. So I I think he's easily one of the three best receivers. That's why that's why I don't call, you know, like the blaze out, you know, the post out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't call like that's why I call it the Julio. Yeah, it is. Because it nobody is. I I I don't call it a blaze out. I don't call it a, you know, a, a post out, whatever you want to call it. I just call it the Julio. You could ask my my receivers that are now in high school that I coached as seventh and eighth graders. Like they would be like, "Hey, what's that one route called where you run a post and then cut to the outside?" They'd be like, "The Julio," because <laughs> that's what I called it, man. Like it was he, nobody ran that route better than him, and that's the route that they that should have won them the Super Bowl. You know, mm-hmm. when when Julio made that catch right along the sidelines to kind of what seemed like put the game away, and it kind of fell apart on him. Um, but everybody knows that, but. Um, special player right dude just an amazing player doesn't even matter like one of those players doesn't matter how or uh doesn't matter if he wins a super bowl the dude's like just one of the best to ever do it i don't think i have any any problem getting into the hall of fame he's just he's just that damn good but uh it'll be interesting to see what he does with aj brown you know obviously you have to uh, respect the run game in tennessee you know, he's julio jones is gonna face a lot of one-on-one coverages Oof. uh aj brown is AJ Brown is, you know, in, in his state of his career, could probably be be by some defenses be considered just as much of a threat as Julio, you know, at, at their different at their states of of age and stuff like that. So I I could see defenses favoring coverage towards AJ Brown just as much as they do Julio. Yeah, like what you do know? you do? I know. So they rely on uh, play action, and all they do. Essentially, they it, it seems like Tennessee runs five plays, but they're all successful. So who cares? And AJ Brown is going to be 24 at the end of this month. Uh, he just came off. He's been in the NFL for two seasons, and he's had over a thousand yards in each season. Now he has Julio on the other side. Uh, that offense is going to be dangerous. Luckily, uh, those three. Brown, Julio, and Henry do not play defense. So Tennessee is going to struggle on that side of the ball, but their offense is going to be fun to watch. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what Tannehill is going to look like, but I know that there's no excuses just because he has like the best players in the NFL on his team. Right. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch, man. Imagine if they still had like Johnny Smith, like Oof. that would just be filthy, messed up, messed up. But speaking of messed up, our last little topic of the evening, um, Inferring or offering any contradiction to the fact that a newly paid more money than he's ever imagined 21-year-old should not go to Las Vegas. That's messed up. (laughs) So, Trey Lance, 21-year-old, as you mentioned, just just turned 21. Um, He 
was in Vegas with his team. He just turned 21 and just got paid more money than he could ever imagine, like at the same time. So it's like you can imagine just like the state of euphoria that he's living in right now. He, I don't know what his signing bonus will be, what his contract will be. I think he's going to probably make somewhere around $8 million when he does sign in 2021. So he'll be fine. And to make it like he's quitting on his team, he doesn't even care. Why isn't he inside studying the playbook? Well, it's June and it was a weekend and they don't practice on the weekend. So uh, I think it's all right. It's just funny to see the takes flying around because everybody thinks they're entitled to uh, – Everybody thinks that the player that they root for should do what they say, which is bizarre because nobody acts like that in any other sense, only when it comes to fandom. Yeah, and I mentioned this to you before the pod. Like To me, and I'm not trying to make any big sweeping generalizations or something, but it always has a hint of racism to me. when any, Whenever anybody tries to act like an athlete on their favorite team, should only do what they want them to do. Like, I get it if a, if a player in the middle of a season was going out and skydiving, you'd be like, hey, man, like, can we pump the brakes a little bit here? Like, you're, you know, this shit's, this shit's dangerous. But you're talking about a 21-year-old kid who just got drafted third overall and, like, going to Vegas with, with other players on the team. With And you said Travis Kelsey was there too? Yeah. Like, you're talking about – if, if you're going to get pissed at Trey Lance and act like for some reason that is is it shows a lack of dedication, then how the hell could George Kittle and Travis Kelsey, the two unquestionable best tight ends in the NFL, be there? Like they've already proven that they're dedicated to the game, that they're willing to do what it takes to become, you know, great. But somehow they're in Vegas. How I don't understand how they could possibly do that if they want to be good because they should be at home practicing like anytime that any of these 49ers players want to step out their door to do anything recreational, there needs to be a group of fans that are just sitting outside saying, turn around. Nope. Turn around, go watch film, go exercise. You can't. Nope. Don't come out here. Uh, All your life can be about is football. And it's just fucking dumb. Like anytime anybody objects to a player doing anything in their free time, like anytime, if that ever pops up into your head, just don't do it. Like, <laughs> just ima- like, just don't do it. Like these, just spit they, it on yourself. Right. Just like, think about it. So you get off work, you have a couple days off after just a long week, and one of your buddies, a couple of your buddies, say, "Hey, man, you want to go here?" Uh, and it's affordable for you, and you don't have any plans. You're probably going to go. Like, why wouldn't you go? That's all this is. It's very simple. It's it happens every day. Uh, football players are allowed to leave the house. Football players are allowed to drink. Football players are allowed to eat whatever they want to. It is They are humans, and we need to treat them as such. Right. I, I just – I don't get it, man. It's hard for me to even talk about. Again, I could understand if like – like, you know, because like when everybody gave – I think it was uh, Madison Bumgarner shit for crashing on a quad. Yes. Like during the middle of the season. I get that. Like the guy was in the middle of his season, and he crashed. And especially a guy in that position, you've now derailed the entire season single-handedly. I could at least understand, like, hey, man, probably not the smartest thing, but do you. But to, like, get pissed at a, at a player for going to Las Vegas with his teammates and having a good time and doing things that 21-year-olds do, like, just pump the brakes on your fandom a little bit. It's not and, like we saw him, like, pounding shots either. No, they were literally just walking through an outdoor club. 
Like, and they were just looked like they were surveying it, sizing everybody up, letting everybody know who they were. Yeah. Uh, they were the coolest people in the building everywhere they went. Like, how could you not just be happy that somebody gets to enjoy that and live that type of little atmosphere? It's not going to be with them forever. Eventually, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, Trey Lance, they're all going to move on to live normal lives with the family and whatever they want to do. But for this moment, they should be able to enjoy all the crazy shit that's going to come their way because that's what fucking su- success feels like. These guys put in more work than we can, than I could ever hope to imagine. Like, Probably this week. <laughs> right. Right. Like, dude, I'm a, I'm an art teacher and I coach football. Like I get to step on a football field, but these guys do put in more work than, than I ever will. So I, who am I to question what the hell they do in their free time? Like, dude, enjoy your life. YOLO. You only do it once. Go have fun, man. Like, it is. It's just funny when people get upset at at people having fun. Yeah, I wonder if they're just like laughing at all these takes. Like they're on, the only reason that they go on social media is to see how dumb some of the fans' takes are when it comes to these type of things because it does get pretty outrageous. I know. Like if I if I were Trey Lance, I mean I wouldn't really do this, but like I just wish he would post a video of him, George, and Travis just with like five shots lined up and they just go boom, 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 (laughs) pound the table and like, just like, like yell. And it's like, like do something that's just going to piss everybody off. All the old people, uh, because it's just, it's not reality. Like back in my day, we didn't have cameras. (laughs) I know. And that's all it was too. Athletes have been doing this shit forever. Like you go watch, um, the last dance with Michael Jordan, he talks about being a rookie and walking into the hotel room and you, he's like, you had your cocaine over here. You had your marijuana here. You had your girls over there. And I walked in and I'm like, I got to go because if this place gets raided, like people have been doing this shit forever. There just hasn't been social media to capture it on camera. The freaking so, Cowboys of the nineties, like Michael Irvin or the, my, those Miami teams. Like, come on, man. I know probably just not. I mean, partying probably doesn't even begin to capture what it is no like so it's just just chill out people let be happy that these guys are happy like you know relax aaron Rodgers. r-e-l-a-x right so it's it's funny man it's funny it's funny but anyways anyways you got anything else you want to uh, you want to touch on man anything else you think we should we should hit before we before we sign out of here no, man, we covered the injuries. Got Tony Jefferson. Obviously, Trey Lance in Vegas quitting on his team. Uh, I'm just looking forward to once we get once we get going here, once we get revved up a little bit to see uh see how this team shakes out, see what this team looks like. I don't man, let's just knock on whatever substance you want to knock on. Uh just hopefully they all stay healthy and we get a nice little uh competitive, exciting training camp and, and everything just kind of rolls into the season. Because I mean I want to watch this team compete. They're hella good. It's a really good team. A really, really good roster. And I just don't want I don't want it to be crippled by, you know, like the illegitimacy of injuries. You know what I mean? Like you start losing games be, to no fault of anybody. Right. You know, it's just I, I really want to see this team hold it together and I want to see him win and, and, and make waves because it, it's what the team deserves, uh, especially after what they've been had to go through at quarterback over the last like three or four seasons. So, yeah, the I'm excited thing, about it. The last thing I want to see is something along those lines where they end up like nine and eight 
or just like slightly above 500 because they were held back through the season from injuries, knowing that, damn, this team could be so good. But it's another year of, hey, so-and-so was banged up for two to three weeks, had to sit out, had to play uh, backup. And, you know, the backup is not supposed to be playing 70 snaps in a game. So, yeah, that that would be something that, you know, hopefully we're, we're past that. But, again, here we are. Right. Here we are. But, hey, folks, that's it for today. Uh, I appreciate everybody who is listening right now in this moment. Uh, you've made it to the end of the pod, and I appreciate you. Uh, without you guys, Striking Gold wouldn't be able to be on here. Uh, again, if you don't follow uh, Kyle Posey slash KP, uh, you can find him on Twitter at KP underscore show. Um, obviously still handling things in the background, but uh, just be prepared to, uh, to hear KP's voice on here on a more permanent basis. Uh, hopefully you guys are enjoying it. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. You know where to find me. You've heard it a million times at Rob underscore louder. Uh, make sure you guys are subscribing to whatever you can subscribe to. You're rating whatever you can rate. Leave us a positive review. All that good stuff. It all matters. And we appreciate it. But the most important thing you can do is be on here listening. And uh, feel free to drop us a line on Twitter and let us know what your thoughts are and stuff like that. But hey, you already know what it is. That's KP. I'm Rob. And for another episode of Striking Gold, we are signing Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.